they officially had UFC 249, and it wasn't on an effing island, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting has been easier from outside the cage since 2012. You heard it here. We've been working remote since Obama was still president. Hallelujah. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raph Esparza. <laughs> I'm going to keep announcing it for the Star-Lord. Esparza. Rap, how are you doing this evening? Kev, can you believe how hard it is to do a show remotely? Man, this pandemic, am I right? What a pain in the ass. You have to get microphones. You have to get mm-hmm. things that record things. You have to hit record. Actually, this is a funny... You do not listen to Bill Simmons, correct? No, I don't. You, you don't tune him. into a lot of the Ringer podcasts. Well, he no. is having to do his own recording of interviews. Can't do it. They've had to use like the horrible, terrible phone audio four to seven times. <laughs> yeah, that, feels good. It feels good. Get. Feels good seeing it. Just because it's like maybe been there. It's not. This isn't a judgment. I'm still listening, but been there. I will tell you this. I don't laugh a lot at other people's misfortunes. But if you guys are regular listeners of the Conan O'Brien podcast, when you're done with us here, I would highly suggest you go listen to the first episode in which Conan, Sona, and Gorley are doing their best to make Conan understand how to do the show remotely from his house as they are in their houses. Because as a podcaster, this might be inside baseball. I don't think I've laughed that hard listening to a <laughs> podcast in some time because it's so great when they go, well, I did drop down. No, I, I selected my microphone and hearing Cody get progressively angrier about the situation when they're not even on air is about now 40% of my life. So, <laughs> And it was – Early goings. We, we've got time. I mean, yeah. you and I, <laughs> what are we doing here? We're during a pandemic. There was one series of fights. You and I did a, props to you again, you hosted another massively long ride-along for the fights. I was along <laughs> for some of the ride-along, enough to make an impact and really maybe get on Tim Kennedy's list. Uh, we'll see. I'm slowly finding new jabs. But we'll get to the fights. Before that, though, Raph, 2012 you and i are trying to figure out remember our most difficult thing i was using that like soundcloud you had to arrange it like the da vinci code and if the mm-hmm. sun hit it, it was off it's like yeah. there was no reason there was a while where you were recording your audio i was recording mine we'd compile after that sucked just because if even a moment of problems happened and believe me they did because mm-hmm. it turns out Internet calling has gotten much better in 2020 than it was in 2014, per se. 2014 uh, only had three megabytes that they gave out to an entire city of Los Angeles. And uh, you had to see if somebody was using it at that time. And what you kids forget is Kevin and I come from the era of when we first started the show hosting multiple people at once. So there would be two to three guests on at a time, which... I don't know if you guys know what it's like to arrange people who don't like using calendars can be difficult. So, yeah, no, we, we've come from a different time and place. And, Kev, that's the beauty of doing the show for so long, because when all these children are interviewing all these people, they're like, we're interviewing this guy. And it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Third show, that was us. Yep. And I and I know for a fact it took you two to four days to get that interview in the can, because I, uh, <laughs> I, if I know that fighter like I know that fighter – they rescheduled a few times. Mm-hmm. And it never ends because, unfortunately, good segue, Craig is not back with us today. Not However, back. children. No. He's currently in zoning. He doesn't feel well, has a staph infection, came down with a real case of the Keenans. <sighs> it just goes to show, kids, you can do the show for close to eight years. Not much changes. So we will be welcoming Craig back. If you were tuning in to hear him, I'm very sorry. I think we're usually pretty forthcoming if a guest is here. But Craig will be back, Lord willing, uh, after Submission Underground later this month, in which, as we previewed last week, he will be taking on Factor Hocha. So there you have it. And have it. if we if we know Craig or like we do, he'll either come to the podcast with one 
of the legs of his opponent or with a public apology. So that's nice. We kind of know. He has said he hopes it's not an apology tour. So, you know, let's hope for the best. Now, Kev, maybe this is the time when we should say how the results went because you and I were on a show together the other day and you and I know what the results are, but maybe the guests or the people listening don't know. Yeah, Kevin the Vaccines versus the Craig Leg Reaper was a feisty contest back and forth all night. If you were watching, it wasn't all that dissimilar to the incredible battle that Sam Alvey had with Exhaustion and Span. It was mimicked in that back and forth, back and forth. Ultimately, Craig had eight of 11 fights correct, Raph, which is unbelievable. Just hmm. what a run. And and I would say on any normal night, more than enough to get Craig uh, the Vinny Award. Sadly, hmm. this was no normal night. Hmm. He was up against a foe. Neither time nor strategy can vest. He came into Game of Thrones season three. <laughs> he walked into Seinfeld in 94. Hmm. We're talking Costanza before. Before he did anything else, I scored nine fights correct, whipping that Australian ass, giving him a real ADCC semifinals treatment that he's used to, and now he owes me a PSA that it's called a verbal tap and not a verbal submission. Do you think that that's part of the reason why he didn't come on this week? I wouldn't. Yeah, I do. I do think it. He's one of those, I, oh, I'm all Craig Jones. I'm not paying attention. I don't know why it's British. But he immediately knows the score. He has all this stuff written down. He just acts aloof. That's an act. It's a persona. Yeah. Here he is avoiding me on the highest stage. Verbal mm. Tap MMA Comedy Podcast post-fight recap. Man, truly a shame. I would say this, though. Do you feel proud of yourself? Like, Kev, let's be honest. You and I, we're never going to win ADCC things. We're not even going to win, like, most congeniality of all jiu-jitsu. Never. Mm. Ne okay, fine. Mm. Point taken. So it's times like this that I guess I'm only slightly sad that you didn't bet him his silver medal from ADCC. But, uh, <laughs> you know. I. His silver medal against I will get him a Banff belt would have been a fun, <laughs> high-stakes, oh, ignore-the-money vote. Yeah. Damn. Man, could you imagine, though, if you did have that medal and you would wear that silver medal at all times? Oh, and if I wasn't wearing it, I would definitely take it to the tattoo shop and be like, I want you to tattoo like it's on. I want you to do an outline like, like a child would with their hand. That mm -hmm. is what I want. I want an exact imprint so people know. Well, Kev, I think you beat a number of people, and let's be very honest, you beat a lot of people on our Instagram because we put up some surveys to ask people what they thought the winners would be in respective fights, and do you know the batting average for the people who listen to this show or who watch us on Instagram? I did get to see these. I don't know what it is aggregate, but we definitely showed these on air, so thank you so much for participating and now being the source of our roasting. Yeah, I don't know that they'll do it again next time, knowing what they <laughs> oh, yeah. know, what I do here, but they average 36%. Oh, me likey that. It's not as easy as it looks. You know, when the when the lights are shining bright, you got to pick those fights. That's my motto. I'm just saying it's it's a little disappointing. That's like Kev over under Kevin 2015 when he lost his way. But then he found his way back. And now nine out of 11, Kev, that's a huge batting record. Thank you. Thank you. I've been watching The Masked Singer. I really resisted it. But one thing that Robin Thicke does, author of Blurred Lines, for those of you that are like, who's that? It's one catchy song. He does this thing where he just starts clapping, even for himself. They'll be like, Grammy award-winning Robin Thicke. He's like, thank you. <laughs> but it's also how he gives feedback. He's like, that was an adequate performance, and you, you did sing a song. Thank you. So thank you. Nine out of 11. 
Yatches, Robin Thick clap. Kevin's out. <laughs> it's like a new <sighs> mic drop. I'm gonna start using that more. Robin Thick clap. So Raph, you're the only one I can use it with. Sadly, so be prepared for it a lot. I don't. Can I ask for a receipt? You cannot. Can I push this is not a conversation. I'm just. This was a warning. <sighs> Gross. Well, you do deserve it. It was a hard night of fights to predict because. Want to get to him? We yeah, let's start let's up top. Uh, yeah. Well, I was called an idiot for picking Ferguson by one of my friends who won a good amount of money on Gaethy because he was like, destiny was never going to let us have Khabib Ferguson. This was the lock of the night. How Wait. did I miss it? Was that me? Was that your friend? Was that your, was that me that you're talking about? You were not specifically the one that called me an idiot for this, though you oh. might have. I don't remember calling you an idiot. I just remembered saying, I think the reason that, and the only reason that I could see Gagey winning in my head from a very simple standpoint was fate will not allow us to see it. Like that was my language. You did post it. You then proved it on air Saturday while a young, I actually don't remember which of the three goons made that comment. All the same. That's why we keep them at J's. (laughs) <laughs> that is actually super helpful josh be- jacob jordan it's so great it's just like josh jake jordan get thing over number here one thing number two thing number three and they're all so well two of them are helpful this was brutal from a and i heard some recaps and i i did go back and in, in this sounds weird but listen to the fights this one, I, I now side very differently with the referees and not having an audience inside really let you hear people get punched hard. You could kind of hear even the commentary live, which we, you and I have had that happen before. It happens at jujitsu competitions all the time. The fighters can absolutely sometimes hear you. It's very uncomfortable because you're trying to give like not you don't want to give them constructive criticisms you just want to give like mild hey it looks like he's getting this and uh so that was super interesting but this fight was one where it was like oh i'm not sure i can listen to this anymore ferguson with an orbital fracture though we throw that out like candy never forget and geishi's got the interim belt raf interim belts they are a thing they happen here uh what were your thoughts do we see khabib now enter in Connor is trying to do something on Twitter, and none of us really know what it is. He's just trying to drum up interest. Khabib's like the McGregor. Remember, yeah, Connor's tr- trying to insert his way back into all this somehow, and everybody now is just like, dude, no, like, no one cares right now. Go somewhere else. Khabib is roasting him. Gagey has made it pretty clear he wants Khabib, and has even said it looks like an uphill battle. But the last time he said that, he beat Ferguson. Like, he was saying, dude, I'm scared of this fight, but that's what excites me, so I got to do it. And clearly, he was feeling himself, dude. He looked light and breezy in between rounds. One thing I want to maybe discuss with you that I sent you a video of was a certain third-round strategy by a certain uh, head of 10th Planet. Uh-oh, I didn't see Ed's Braj giving out advice. How did I miss this? Oh, man, Kev, <laughs> I sent this out to you guys, and it hurt. Um, I'm sending this now to you your way. I'm I'm willing to take a few seconds to let the broadcast hold. Well, this is I amazing. You're obviously referencing Eddie Bravo, for those mm-hmm. not in, in the grappling as awareness, if you're if you're more the tap-out milieu. If you're a six-to-eight pay-per-viewer right mm-hmm. um this is always fun because we don't always get these little clips of behind the scenes and everybody's just been accidentally releasing them because well i think we referenced up at the top of the podcast this recording stuff is really difficult <laughs> and at times it could be even more tough to accomplish so i think i is it the that's rough video that you posted in here I think that's the one. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead and pull that one up if you wouldn't mind listening to it in the privacy of your own ears. Oh, privacy? Cause... Oh, you can play it. I feel good. I feel good. 
so so he asked him if he feels good, and that's a tough thing to ask somebody who's getting punched in the face, which I understand. But then he says something else, Kev. What what does he say there? He says you might have to go Iminari. Hmm. <laughs> Just awesome. Hmm. I don't know what to tell people. What other is, than do we have to tell people what going Iminari means? I think I know. I can assure you I can't accomplish it. I don't know, but even Tony looked really peeved at that information, and my heart just hurts for him. <laughs> going Iminari, it's like, I think I'm going Iminari, going, going Iminari. <laughs> Iminari roll is when you spin on your spine, so you have to sit down first kind of on your butt, and then you rotate on the axis of your direct neck and spine to invert on someone. Not a great thing to do when someone's punching the shit out of you. And is a division class wrestler, which boy is Justin Gage. You talk to people who have grappled with him. The inside track is that that is one difficult guy to control or to get into that type of thing, which when they're that sweaty and that bloody, Raph, would you have advised him to go Imanari role? No, but I did tell other people. I sent that to a couple fighter friends and I said that would 100% be me. If I was coaching you and I was your corner man, <laughs> you would tell me to him and Ari, you a and I would get percent. into an effing argument, even oh, concussed. If you were like Kevin, him and Ari, be like, are you fucking with me right now? <laughs> what is that? Him and Ari, who you like? What? Where? <laughs> All I could think of is because I do put those into context with me and you because we're we're, you know, a package deal at this point. <laughs> I would be so and- pissed off at you while they're like stopping <laughs> blood from my face. If you were like M and R, it's like, yeah, I should invert. I should really put the blood down here. God damn it, Raph. So I, I appreciate ever- the joke. I appreciate the quick <laughs> laugh. Let's get back in there. <laughs> I just all you could think about was. What would Kevin look at me? And yeah, I immediately <laughs> thought you'd get into an argument with me. And you'd be like, what does that even accomplish? And I'd be like, I don't know, bro. It's not going well for you. You got to do something. So just m and <laughs> fuck it, go for a leg lock. Raph, I don't got the fucking time to do that. Well, you know what, Kevin? If you do that, maybe you do something in this fight because you're fucking losing, bro. I would m just to get knocked out and prove a point. It's like, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I'll try that. It's like Q hammer fisting Justin on my face. It's like... <laughs> Well, that didn't go well. (laughs) It'd be the only time a doctor would come up to me and say, now, normally I tell people it's not your fault. But in this case, Raph, the science proves it is your fault. What? No. Cue to a talking head of you being like, look, I'm an advice giver. I can't be held responsible. Cue to me just icing (laughs) my face. (laughs) Upset. So. Yeah, that was something that we didn't hear on the broadcast the other day. And it's sad. But Tony Ferguson definitely went out there it was a fun fight it was a little yikes just in terms of the punching prowess if you look at the stats over for justin gagey he looks good i mean i'm excited about the fight of him and khabib i think that could be a lot of fun do i think khabib still ekes it out yes but do i really root for justin gagey on it a million percent that's the story i want to get behind now that guy's good that guy's a very i don't know how else to describe it he's a good fighter now, you know, there are some considerations. They backstage asked him how he felt. He obviously we all saw him throw the belt on the ground. He was super into it. He said, you know, hey, man, uh, I tried to do the jump off the cage, but I'm old. I lost my footing. Maybe I'll do it when I actually win it. <laughs> He's not old, but I love it. Yeah. When young people say that they're old. It is a little bit of an entertaining thing. And yes, I do take into consideration fight age is a little different than age age. However, as an older person, it is always humorous to me to say, yeah, just engage you. You're still a kid. You're good, bud. But Ferg's hasn't they did a there was some really interesting facts about like the last time he lost. And it was mm-hmm. like Benson Henderson was the lightweight title holder. <laughs> it's like, oh, my yeah. God. When was the last time Tony Ferguson lost? And it had been basically seven years of time. And it's just like, holy shit, that's a, that's like an entire podcast. It's like uh, year two, we should have been doing the Ferguson streak started <laughs> chat. That would be a great retroactive hot take for us to have. 
Boy, I wish uh, it, I, we had started the podcast with, I bet Ferguson doesn't lose until, uh, you know, Trump's president. You would have. Yeah. I want to see your face in that moment. Yeah, I went back and watched the Donald Trump roast highlights the other day, and I said, what a simpler time. Like, before murder hornets, this was. This and before is he's doing about. UFC commercials. Yeah. This we didn't is... talk about that because we didn't see that live. Did you see that live? Because I oh, heard. I absolutely saw it. I just didn't couldn't hear it, so I didn't want to like jump into it because I don't like to get into his BS unless I I know what it is. And it was him like taking credit for UFC. Basically, you're glad your fighting's back. I was like, I hate you so much. We have a lot of fighting. It's Zion. a lot of back right now. You guys, you're welcome. Stimulus check has my name on it, as does the ground in here called <laughs> the mat. I know that. You know that. A lot of people are saying Obamagate, not specific. You're welcome. I will say the one thing I'm not sure I if I were president, they were like, hey, we're sending checks. Like, Can we put my face on them? I might have said that. But that's I'm an extreme narcissist. I wouldn't elect me president. I'm to also fair, only 34. Ooh, age break. I would 100% expect you to come. And I've thought about this at one point. For you in some odd multiverse universe where I am probably your chief of staff and I have to do all the heavy lifting if you're president, you come up to me and go, Raph, what do you think about Kevin Bucks? No. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be really there. good at the speech stuff. I'd be less good at the, like, can we balance the budget stuff? It's like, oh, my God, rap. <laughs> Is there a military thing that needs me? No. no. Fuck. All right. Uh, Supreme Court, they do anything today? You don't work there. All right. I'm listening. Let's do budgets. I just figure it's you asking, how many photos with babies am I kissing today? None. <laughs> Add five, Apparently. baby. Let's get out there. Those are rugged numbers, man. You got pumped. Those I'm numbers. thinking an Anthony uh, Bourdain like show that starts with me as president. Raph, it's like, oh my god, no, again. Uh, yeah, it, it'd be a nightmare for me, but you can't know, wait, we, can't wait. It's gonna happen. I'm waiting. It's <laughs> like now that we've called this, I'm uh, I'm an alcohol problem away from serious contention, and I think I'm gonna need some more money. Let's get to the next fight where, yep. and Gates. I, I think if you were watching the UFC, I know there's been a lot of talk, and Ferguson obviously is is just unbelievable, but I don't think that outcome surprised you, I, or anyone that's been watching Justin Gagey. So. No. Still can't say his name. Cejudo knocks out Dominic Cruz, retires, which is a real Robin Thicke situation to do on the microphone. Cejudo dominant in this one. Dom Cruz is the after fight celebrity. I'm not going to say star. I'm going to say celebrity somehow. He accuses the ref of smelling like alcohol and cigarettes, hates the stoppage. Meanwhile, doesn't explain why he goes full turtle and just stops defending that he's getting hit in the face. I think it's a great job by Henry Cejudo. I was surprised. But Dom Cruz, his movement is... If you've ever driven a lawnmower, I have no no other way to explain it. But they had like five really? gears. They had like okay. the top gear, which didn't go. It went fast enough. Then they had like one gear down, and that gear down was torture. Dom Cruz is like halfway between <laughs> gears two and three. He does not look like the fighter we we once watched knock out all of Uriah Faber's jaws. So I think it, it the can they both retire? But fun fight and. Little weird to see Dom Cruz continue to kind of struggle in there. Welcome back to the flyover states pandering moment of the podcast. Yes, Kevin, thank you for the lawnmower. You're uh, aside. That is all I that <laughs> pandering. That was what my brain went to. Yeah. You used to have to mow a lot of lawn. Well, here's what I'll tell you. It was fun to see Dominic Cruz back in there. Um they talked with Cejudo. He said the retirement's for real. We'll take him at that for now, but I think in the back of all of our minds, we're like, doesn't this just mean more money? And if it does, kudos to him because I think that's the kind of thing that gets you more attention. What is more king cringy than pretending to retire? 
And in a sport, a.k.a. combat sports, period, where you just don't even care if people retire anymore. So kudos to you, dude. You're at the the peak of your career. It makes no real sense. But if you're done, then okay, cool. Having said that, um, they did show, I think, a different angle of Dominic Cruz's footwork. And he does like two back-to-back feints. And it looks so beautiful when Suhudo times it out with the knee and he could almost feel it. So I would say that Dominic Cruz's footwork is still good, especially for somebody his age. I just think that instead of doing some feints there, it kind of looked, it's so weird in, in that like slow down speed where you could see it happening and go, yeah, that's of course what was supposed to happen. Um, however, Dominic Cruz Maybe we should update you on this. I don't know that you saw these, Kevin. But Dominic Cruz was saying, yes, I sent you this, that the referee smelled like what, Kevin? Alcohol and cigarettes. Which all I could think about is just him being like, it sounds like the most 1920s accusation anybody's (laughs) ever thrown. Well, the referee smelled of jazz cigarettes and booze. (laughs) I was surprised he threw cigarettes in there. I was like, whoa. Did he smoke? <laughs> I don't. Alcohol would obviously be a problem. And this is, again, I wish I could give my unfiltered bias about this fight, but I watched four of them over again to hear it. Yeah. And this was one where hearing it, it was like, I'm with the ref. You have, you've got to defend yourself better because what I heard was gross. Well, the other thing to consider is this. When I saw it, I saw that he was getting up. And it is unfortunate when a fighter is trying to get up. It's that little part that I think would be open to interpretation, even the like shadiest lawyer in the world, where you say intelligently defend someone. It's just watching someone take that absorbed set of punches, even if they have no real oomph to them, it still doesn't look fun. And if it looks like you're trying a tripod with your arms to get back up and you're just absorbing those blows and not finding a way to fight back or do anything significant that protects yourself, I kind of understand if they have to call it. And I'm okay with it. It's just disheartening because I did root for Dominic Cruz in there. I thought that would be a great story. And more importantly, in maybe some way, it might be for the best. And hear me out here, listeners. Dominic Cruz isn't going to go out on that fight now. So maybe we get to see what he's really made of again. I think there's great things to be seen in comeback stories. Obviously, he's already got a legacy that's really, really solid in that division. If he really wants to keep up and just come back and fight, then I'm good for a few more fights. You know, I'm going to I'm going to stamp that little subway return, get one free card for him that we still keep extending to Diego Sanchez for whatever reason. But yes, I'm going to give him another stamp on his card and I'm going to say, you can come back. And he said already, he's like, dude, I'm not done. Now it's the response by the ref. However, Kevin, I think that did me in. Oh my God. Yeah. Coming out blazing with what do you want to reveal? Well, I think it's pretty impressive when you get the referee to actually respond because most referees just kind of take it on the chin. They normally don't. They rarely give a public presser back. And if they do, it's never really sarcastic in tone. It's uh, at least measured. But this was Keith Peterson's response. And it says, Dominic Cruz, I thought by stopping the fight, I stopped you from getting CTE. But I guess not. So, yikes. That is, uh, first of all, you don't get a lot of CTE jokes. Yeah, you don't. You don't. It's not a. It's not a well people go to, tremendously, and you can always watch any number of Aaron Hernandez documentaries to find yourself there. But bizarre flex by Mister Scotty here. I would argue this is what happens when you hold a fuck COVID. It's twenty twenty, and we're in Florida fight. This is what you're gonna get a Florida reaction to some of this stuff. And this is so good. It's very Florida. Doesn't happen. I can't remember a time someone did this. Yeah. Um. Man. 
there's been times we've had some refs explain their decision, but never with yep. um, the cattiness of someone on the show too hot to handle. There's another Netflix <laughs> reference there for you. <laughs> oh, wow. I want to say, I, oh, would you like to inform the people or? I just wanted to say one last thing, which is <sighs> Dom Cruz went on the next day. I think it was Ariel's show or another interview series and definitely said, uh, yeah, no, he's standing by that. And I couldn't help but say, man, Dom's taking L's all weekend long. You know, just <laughs> it's a rough one, dude. He, he and, got roasted by the ref somehow. <laughs> he lost the fight. And now his ref's like, no, we're really we're doubling down. We're, we're going to roll into the Monday with this. He's got a game with. Megan Olivy that he's losing at Battleship currently. It's just not going well for him. <laughs> it's not his week. Francis Ngannou, I thought briefly Rocky Ford, Rosenstruik. There was a brief moment. This is honest. You can always go back to, I don't know what hour in the broadcast it was. I thought Ngannou had killed him. I was mildly worried just from, it's the same way I felt when Uriah Hall kicked Sella. It's the same way I felt multiple times when Anderson Silva would put someone on the mat with his foot. There was just a brief moment where I was like, uh-oh. Yeah. And it didn't help hearing it. I will tell you that. I almost threw up when I heard the fist connect. I was like, because it took a second, just a second, where the mics really go. And I'm I'm the person that like rewinds five seconds over and over again. I did the same thing with Community, with several of the Dean entrances. That's a lighter version of this. <laughs> Ngannou is such a beast. I'm ready for him and John Jones. Is that a thing we can do? Just like weekly till Ngannou wins? Man, I, can't, I still can't get that out of my head, though. And it did set off a little bit of uh, a set of fireworks, if you would, because DC... They famously made that meme where it was him looking at the fight and going, <laughs> whoa, no, I don't want to fight that guy. And DC was saying, you know, hey, Stipe needs to get on this. And uh, and Stipe's like, dude, I already told you I'll fight. I'm just in the middle of some shit. Just tell me. It's hard to trade because everything's locked down. What do you want me to do? I need 12 weeks and I'll be ready. And uh, DC kept goading and goading and – Dana got in on the fun and Dana was like, yeah, you know, Stipe really needs to get his shit together and figure it out. I was like, wait a minute. You mean Conor McGregor who didn't defend at all? Got that nice little free ride to be essentially a champion for a million days. And Stipe is like, yeah, I'll fight him, dude. It's just kind of a bad time. So then do you want to make it happen? Stipe is a firefighter. It's worth mentioning, and you are raising a very interesting part, and I always get surprised when Dana's a hypocrite. That always punches me in the gut like a shock. But he did let Connor, and if I could, you know, just give him a little credit here, he was busy making all that money with that Floyd Mayweather fight. Raph, what's a guy supposed to do? Think he's making any money from some Cleveland fire department? No. No. This is about capitalism. You got to wear a tap out shirt to own a tap out shirt. And <laughs> this is Dana's position. It's like, well, fuck that guy. This makes more sense. That guy was doing whiskey. What? <laughs> <laughs> now, here's the good news. Because DC was going off and doing all of that nonsense, it does appear that they did get Stipe to agree to fighting him next. So if anything, in retrospect, Kev, if we look at it with some open eyes, the Francis Nagano knockout makes us all go, yikes, and makes DC go, man, I better call out Stipe like three times as much so I don't have to fight this guy. And all of a sudden they go, yeah, he's in. Whew, thank God. No shit. So, Just in credit the nick of to time. DC on that one. He played that hand masterfully because even Stipe is kind of circling around retirement. So both of these guys are probably like, yo, bro, we've done it. We don't need to do this anymore. Let this guy come and beat for a title that either of us are going to be done with at that time. Everybody wants to Cejudo out, you know, when the title retire. I It is funny, Cejudo's version. There's so many fighters in that bubble right now and fighting such a more difficult sport to analyze when somebody's time has come because they fight so infrequently. 
right? We've seen DC, but DC was looking well fed. Mm-hmm. That version of DC on the broadcast. Not we're not talking about can make two oh five DC anymore. So he's only staying, I assume, in that that big guy broadcast uh, weight shape. Hey, you know what? They are not socially distancing that crafty table. Okay. Hell no! You can Tell sell you that, that craft table. He had his own mm-hmm. basket. Mm-hmm. Joe never eats his. Everybody knows that. Well, he by the way, yeah. Before we go there, let's address this whole, I guess Joe in the commentary booth thing. I said this on the broadcast, but the interviews they were well. The interviews was one thing, but they started off the broadcast where they were all next to each other, and they were all at about the length of a middle high school dance away from each other. And then they progressively got a little closer. Then they went to their respective corners. And then before you know it, they were in the actual octagon with Joe Rogan interviewing them. Did you hear why he was doing that? No. Joe Rogan basically said, he's like, well, I figured since we already got tested, I was going to go in there and interview them. Cause I want to look a person in the eye. After they fight, he. I don't want to do it remotely. It's such a good flex by him. I don't care really what his motives were, but I would have. I was telling. I'll tell you what I was expecting. I was expecting to mm. see the fighter with a headset on, and Joe with the headset on. And there's so much time in between those fights. I was like, this might not be a bad, I, bad time to just. Hey, Joe, go podcast in between these with these fighters. <laughs> like, just go do your thing. They didn't do any of that. They just sent him into the cage. And I, I did like there was a lot of social media blowback, obviously. But there's a, there's a lot of you can find social media blowback for anything. But it did seem like they were kind of trying to create it like, oh, people were so offended. They really were not. Everyone's like, nope, that checks out perfectly. No one bought this fight that doesn't know Joe Rogan's walking in that cage to kiss people, lick some blood, say he. F- tasted the blood from ferguson's brow it was the blood of a warrior and a guy i'm honored to know it's like the question was were you surprised by the loss and he's just like yeah i loved it blood it's like okay (laughs) so i just thought it was joe being joe but sure i this is the only part i have about live sports raf Mm -hmm. and i was a debbie downer on the broadcast and i'll do it here um around around minute 40 that's the thing that frustrates me about this is Joe Rogan and the broadcast team as well as, okay, so did we need the cage girl then? She had to be <laughs> tested. Oh, my God. This feels a little excessive to create a product. It's like you did not go pirate ship bare bones here. You still did a lot of what you would normally do. We're really going to waste like 400 tests on fights, including Greg Hardy and DeCastro. Like, we're going to have all 11 fights still. This is, and I'm not against having the fights. I I, I do want to try and come up with a compromise here if people are demanding it. But wouldn't the compromise be, we're going to do five of the best fights we can match up. And then we're going to do five of the best fights we can match up. This feels just a little ignorant right now to me from based off of, like, this is a lot of tests so people can fight hold on let me get something straight here kevin you think that this plan is not super well thought out i certainly didn't need make it one coach you can bring one coach no if i'm gonna infect my fucking team i'm gonna infect my whole fucking squad it just it was it was remarkable it was really for anyone (laughs) protesting we don't have freedom all right I mean, what we you you aren't rich enough for it. Maybe you aren't good enough to fight for it. But people have got it, and it's alive and well. All right, here's a little thing. I, there, there was a lot to talk about in this one because there is a lot that was nice to see. Like in any other circumstance, other than one of the, the trash president, it's kind of nice to have the president watching. So great. Um, yeah, I was in. I was like, damn it. This is like when Obama used to pick the NCAA tournament. I was, it would have been nice if he popped in to be like, no, I'm for Donald Cerrone. And I'll <laughs> tell you why. The guy <laughs> has unbelievable guts. And well, that would have been first amazing. Of all, look, you, you got to give it to 
to to Donald Cerrone. No, not a fan of mine, but I'm a fan of his. And uh, <laughs> y- 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 hey, listen, um, y- you don't just get kicked in the liver. Uh, I told Michelle once, got kicked in the liver, didn't eat for three days. That's a true story. Yeah, great. Okay, whatever. Because These guys are fighters. <laughs> the it just always ends on them. <laughs> the weirdest part to me was the fact that the UFC was making all of these contingency plans. So they said, all right, we're going to take our normal staff and bare bones it. And I said, what is that number? And the, the response is 80. So, okay, 80 people there. It does look like they did their due diligence for the broadcast team, even though that was weird. They weren't in masks, and I kind of get the – there's a lot to go over, and I say, uh, we're learning as we're going. That's fine. What's interesting and unfortunate is the actual language in which people had to sign a waiver. Now, we know that this is going to be a thing for us going forward, especially for combat sports. There's going to be an underlying theme of, well, you know the danger you're getting into, but don't you want to fight or combat grapple? Come on. Sign the waiver. You're not going to get it. You're a child. You're fine. That's the sort of mentality we're going with here. What is interesting is that the UFC had not only the fighters sign that, and there is a no disparagement clause. So that means that if a fighter gets tested and they feel something was not right about that testing or they speak out about that testing or, Lord forbid, maybe they get something they aren't allowed to say anything disparaging about the process. When Dana was pressed about that during the press conference, he turned it around to yell at Steven Espinoza. Now, Steven Espinoza is connected with Showtime, and I undoubtedly believe there is always going to be bad blood amongst promoters. But the real question that was underlying it was, is it true? And is there something there? In that press conference, Dana White said, uh, no, <laughs> L- listen, there's a non-disparagement contract, which basically says as a clause, and if you're a lawyer, and I guess that guy is, so fuck him, uh, you just, you know, you could say whatever you want if it's true. There's nothing that says, uh, you can't say anything about it. And if you read it really closely, I'm not sure that's the case. I mean, I read it. I read the breakdown of it. I sent you the one from Bloody Elbow. It's concerning. But Kev, fighters weren't the only ones who signed it. Also, the staff and also the media, which puts the media into a particularly interesting predicament, which means the people who attended and were covering it couldn't even ask the questions about it. You saw how he reacted and it seemed to look like, well, you fucking signed a waiver, dummy. Why the fuck are you asking this kind of look on his face? But even if you afford Dana White the ability to say, "Okay, maybe we're all just being a little too on edge about that sort of a thing. It's a valid question to be asking, and it is one that a number of other athletes who are fighting a number of trolls who are saying, hey, you athlete coverage media guys, you fucking don't want the sport to succeed. It's like all of us sitting at home want to watch fights. It's the question of given what we're dealing with, how are we making this fair, safe, and at the very least minimally okay for them to go forward? Because the interesting part is if Jacare can get that shit, it might have some bad blowback for the rest of these gyms who are doing their damnedest to get out in front of the lines and try and get their gyms back open. So, yeah, it's nice being first. It's some good bragging rights, although Vince did it first. However, if you fuck it up, then we're going to look like clown shoes compared to fucking the NBA and the NFL's response because you know they would have something prepared. And I don't think it would be uncommon for them to maybe even have something of that language. But it did give us a hint of going forward the fucking crazy we are in for on both a large level of sports (laughs) and a smaller one. That is going to be the fun part. And the UFC is lucky because this is how these fighters train. They train with no one. They have always. This is more like stand up comedy than basketball and professional anything else is. A lot of these fighters spent early days fighting for maybe five of their friends, if if at best. So they're a little bit more used to this. Other sports will not be, which will kind of be an interesting subpar. But to your your point, everybody take a deep breath with the success of the UFC. 
Just give let them get through two events before you give them too much credit. That's our experience. They they are waiting to fuck this up as soon as they possibly can. Hey, and you know what Dana was even saying? He's like, you know, we're gonna learn and we'll see what happens. And I hope so. I hope tomorrow we see a completely different sort of vibe. I don't know that I feel strongly we will. Uh, so far, we've heard nothing in terms of. Hold on, knock on wood. We've heard nothing in terms of. Uh, tests that have come back that are bad. So, you know, all those guys are getting tested and, you know, it's just it's a fucking headache. But it's one that you take on if you're going to do something like this on a major level. And like I said, if you, if the whole point is to have bragging rights and to get us back to normal, dope. We applaud you for being that. But be thorough. Be honest with it. And for those of you guys who are watching it, know that when you potentially if you're a gym owner or you have a gym that you go to, you know, that might be the way forward is that waiver sort of language is going to be interesting to look at. And I, you really do have to ask yourself, what is the acceptable language? And if you're a gym owner, you have to say, well, what is going to protect you? So that we suggest not starting sucks. yours with dear fucking dummy. That was a Dana yep. White thing. He gets away with it. You don't. Can I clip through the rest of these fights? Absolutely. I feel like we are We've done. several decisions away from. So Jeremy Little Heathen Stevens gets elbow KO'd by the Calvin Cater, who is one hell of a KOer. Give that a shout out. We love uh, Little Heathen. He's been fighting for seven centuries. 28 18, Raph. 28 and 18. That's an impressive... Calvin Cage is 21 and 4, so no no slouch himself, but that's a shit ton of fights. 36, 46 fights. Impressive. Greg Hardy gets a decision over a injured foot DeCastro who showed up. I wish they had tested for uh, ankle problems. You know what I mean, Raph? <laughs> Uh, no. Nope. He gave him the COVID test, even though he had a effing tour. These are, these are the types of women like, you didn't do your due diligence. You brought an injured fighter in. He might have injured oh. it while he was training, but I will see. That remains Good to news be seen. with Greg Hardy, though. He says he's ready to fight in two weeks at Fight Island if he needs to. Oh, Greg, we know, buddy. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> you, uh, you, you're free to keep announcing it, but we are aware. The Pettis Cerrone <laughs> fight was a good one. Pettis gets the decision. We disagreed with that collectively. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was just the bourbon, but I thought Cerrone won that fight. Olenek threw punches. Everybody was confused, including Fabrizio Berdum, who lost a split decision. I rode the Esparza name to Victory Town. She gets a split decision over the karate hottie, Michelle Watterson. Nice Chica. This was a fun fight too. Those two normally like it. It was a little. I will. I will critique them, but they're both so flexible and bounce. They just fight off each other. That that weight class is always difficult to submit or finish people. Luke injures our friend Nico Price aggressively. Not that Nico Price is aware. He was like, "What?" The doctor made him <laughs> stop. Not his own skull visibility. Um, Mitchell might be the big undercard winner of the night it where in a night where Nganu and Justin Gagey really shined Mitchell is a effing beast. He wins a unit, a easily unanimous decision by just trying to twist her people all night long. That would be more fun <laughs> advice to hear from Eddie Brage. Cause there's a guy that could actually, you know, Imanari someone. Span gets the win over our friend Smiling Sam Alvey. The split decision raft. Do you think this was all because Smiling Sam Alvey put on a little show in the last two minutes? Yeah, but even then, I I thought we were pretty pretty on the Ryan Span train on that one. I think we saw how that was playing out. It was a twenty eight twenty nine versus the other two refs that saw it twenty nine twenty eight. So nothing you can complain yeah. about too much there. I thought the only ref real argument, I thought Pettis and Cerrone was a little bit of a decision shocker. Otherwise, a blast night of fights. It is good to see live sports. Mm -hmm. And again, tomorrow there's going to be more, or I guess if you're listening to this today or in the future, there is, was, will be, was. Uh, some UFC fights. We're going to get the band back together tomorrow night. It'll be fun. It is for fight night. Um, I'll 
spare you the agony of previewing it fully, but it is Smith versus Tixera, which on paper sounds like, yeah, good enough, fun, why not? Um, but more importantly, Drew Dober's on that one. Ricky Simone is on the that one. The main card. The main mm-hmm. card. Absolutely. Uh, so we're very pleased. And Andre Olovsky's on there. Michael Johnson's on this one. Uh, so, you know, it'll be a good time for everybody involved. Uh, so anyway, uh, that's kind of what we've got going on. And Kev, I have to commend you, man. That was a huge win that you had against Craig Jones. I don't know that it was a blowout, but it was, it was huge. Not all victories can be as substantial as others, but when I feel that I quote one Vin Diesel and fast and the furious, it don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile winnings winning. Dom Toretto. It is great that you mentioned that because I have the results for the Rocky versus Demolition Man movie podcast. Who's Stallone is better? Yes. And with 27% of the vote, Demolition Man is not your winner. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. This is just you rigging it. You probably colluded with the Russians, you and the NRA. You're both signing up bot accounts to vote on this stuff. I've seen it a hundred times. Anytime you're getting your news from memes, you're a part of RAF schemes. Didn't mean to rhyme that. That did not help my point that it rhymed. I I have the names of the people and they are actual people. But I will tell you this. 73% of Americans understood what a true American movie is. And they understood that Rocky Four is superior. Or is it just my argumentation? I don't know, Kev. I'm just saying. A lot of people are willing to overlook a height difference, in my opinion, and a steroids advantage. But sure, sure. Tiny Rocky Balboa was able to somehow really modern-day David and Goliath himself pass a victory. Sure. Kev, were you part of the commission in the 80s? There was a lot of different matches that we had back then. And I argue if they hadn't have fought, maybe, maybe we wouldn't have had a UFC. Have you ever thought <laughs> about your irresponsible language that you say about that movie? Uh, but we got Demolition Man 2 out of it. So, so it's not a complete loss. You know, it's, we'll call it we'll call this one a tie. But more me winning. But yes, you got something too. It's like a silver medal. Tune like, into I think our previous you... movie pod if you want to get yeah. in on this action. It's kind of like you're the Craig Jones of this podcast. Hmm. Yeah, um, I I feel already prettier and dumber as you say it. <laughs> Raph, that's gonna do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I am Kevin. Thank you for listening. Good night and good fight. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Please note. The new number is...